0: Can I tell you something I did? What'd you do? Two things I did actually. Um, so I glutened myself. Oh no. It wasn't anyone else's fault. It was my fault. Um, I didn't throw up or anything. I didn't get hives, I didn't get rashes. So it mustn't have been a large amount. Um, but my stomach and the bloating, I looked pregnant.
1: <laughs> it wasn't good. At the age of 17, probably not ideal. Welcome back to In The Guts, the weekly podcast digesting gut health research so you don't have to. My name's Evie, and we're back this week to tackle yet another common digestive and gut health issue. Today, I've brought on my sister Sarah, who's recently made the discovery that's ended her high school blues. In the last couple of months, Sarah has made some big lifestyle changes after receiving a new diagnosis, which has her performing her best at singing recitals and under the young person pressures of high school. Sarah has been diagnosed with celiac disease. Like food chemical intolerances, which we spoke about last week, celiac manifests in part as a food intolerance, this time to gluten, but it behaves very differently in the body. Today, We're going to unpack this autoimmune disease. That's the name for a group of diseases which causes your body to mistakenly attack healthy cells in your body as if they were a disease, the ultimate self-sabotage, and it affects up to 1 in 70 Australians. So, Sarah, did you want to tell us about yourself? Who you are, how old you are, and what you do with yourself?
0: So, um, yeah, my name's Sarah. I'm 17; just had my birthday. Um, Happy birthday! And, yeah, thank you. Um, and I'm still a student, so I'm in Year 11 at school. Um, we're halfway through the year, obviously. Um, in my spare time, I love doing a lot of theatre, um, musical theatre, playing music. Um, yeah I'm really interested in that.
1: So when did you realize that something was wrong? What kind of symptoms were you having that provoked you to look into potentially seeing a doctor?
0: yeah, so I was I think the first thing that really jumped out was my fatigue. Um, I think at school when you're in classes and you're kind of nodding off um and you know you're not you know you're not focusing to the best that you can. Um, Yeah, that's when I really noticed that um, it was something more than just being tired. Um, And then, you know, through Year 10, we do this really big um, camp called Outward Bound, and it's very strenuous, it's really long, um, and obviously on that camp, you know, you have lots of cups, um, so wraps, heaps of bread, heaps of pasta, lots of rice and everything. And um, when I came back, there are a lot of parents and teachers who... Um, told me that I lost a lot of weight Um, and obviously you know when you do lose a lot of weight you don't necessarily notice yourself especially when you've been away from a lot of mirrors in the bush Um, (laughs) so yeah I thought you know I'm not doing anything differently in my eating Um, so it must be something going on inside so um, I started yeah looking into getting my iron checked out and then it all just kind of went
1: from there what was the result? What did you end up being diagnosed with?
0: First of all, I found out that I was incredibly iron deficient. I'm not exactly sure what the, um, you know, your standard iron is supposed to look like, but I think it's around the 200 and something mark. Um, mine was negative two. Oh, <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I had like undetected levels of ferritin in my blood. And... Um, yeah, the nurses and my GP was, you know, they were surprised. And it did explain, obviously, the fatigue um, and everything like that. So, yeah, it started there. Um, and then, obviously, you know, when something like that happens, it's looked at as more of a symptom. Um, so, yeah, I got tested for a lot of autoimmune diseases and the family has a big history of that. So, yeah, and then my celiac markers came back highly suggestive. So yeah, that's what we thought
1: it was. We're really lucky in my family because my mum used to be a nurse and is very knowledgeable about the human body and how to navigate the health system in Australia. She also has a different digestive disorder called Crohn's disease, which is another autoimmune disorder like celiac and also an inflammatory bowel disease. So it causes similar but more severe symptoms than IBS, like we spoke about in episode one. So you had a blood test which told you that, you know, your celiac markers in your blood were quite high. Were there any other tests or anything you had to do to measure if you had celiac disease? They were
0: really certain after the blood test that um, that it was celiac disease. Um, But yeah, they obviously need to do other imaging to confirm that. and yeah, so I got a gastroscopy, which is like an endoscopy, but it goes into the smaller intestine, which is where um, the effects of celiac disease are seen. Yeah, so they took a biopsy of some of my cells there um, so that they could test whether, you know, they were indicative of um, of yeah, celiac disease. So that was the second step. And yeah, that got me diagnosed. So it wasn't too Um, it wasn't too full on, um, basically just two steps and yeah.
1: Celiac disease, as we mentioned, is an autoimmune gut disease. With this condition, the immune cells in your body, which normally fight off diseases and keep you feeling well, actually turn on an innocent culprit, gluten. Gluten is a group of proteins that you find in grains and cereals like wheat, barley, and rye, as well as some other derivative grains. Someone with celiac will end up in severe pain when they eat gluten because the body goes into attack mode as if it had a virus. Over time, as the body spends longer and longer fighting what thinks is the good fight, you get pretty bad bowel damage. This is caused when the little tiny fingers which line your bowel, called villi, get inflamed and flattened. When this happens, the overall surface area of your bowel reduces, which means there's less area in your digestive tract for you to absorb nutrients. This causes pain and deficits in nutrients like iron and some of the other symptoms Sarah spoke about. So what have you had to change about your life to start recovering from, I guess, potentially years of damage from celiac disease?
0: Um, I think the really cool part about this disease is that it's, you know, it's only cure is through changing your diet. Like I don't take any medication or anything like that. Um, So, yeah, it's just going completely gluten-free. And, of course, cross-contamination is the hardest thing, Um, making sure that there are no crumbs anywhere in your house, in your kitchen, that um, when you go out for, you know, for lunch, for dinner... know socially that the kitchens are friendly um, towards you know your dietary needs you know that whenever you're actively eating gluten-free that you're doing something that's benefiting your health.
1: Anyone could be diagnosed with celiac regardless of age or gender. However, you must have the genetic predisposition or have inherited bits of DNA from your family, which makes your body more likely to develop the disease over time. Not everyone with these genes develops the disease, though. If my sister has the disease and my mum has a similar autoimmune disorder, chances are I have the genes too, but I've been tested through both the blood test and a gastroscopy and I don't have any evidence of celiac. Celiac Australia says the chance of me having it since my sister has been diagnosed is about 10%. If Sarah was my identical twin, that would rise to 70%. So how, how are you feeling now? Um, what difference have you seen in your day-to-day life since you've um, taken gluten out of your diet?
0: Um, I definitely, you know, my stomach is obviously feeling a lot better. Um, I didn't realise before just how much, you know, obviously gluten was affecting me. Um, All my bloating has gone. um, All of my digestive issues that I was having have mostly resolved. Um, I've had to take out lactose as well for now because um, I don't have the enzymes to, you know, obviously digest that as well. So um, that's also made my stomach a
1: little bit more comfortable. Many people who have been undiagnosed with celiac disease for a while, with their immune system running rampant on the bowel, also end up becoming lactose intolerant for a while. This isn't permanent for most people, but because the bowel is so sensitive and lactose requires special enzymes to break it down, which become less abundant in people with bad celiac symptoms, along with gluten, you might need to exclude lactose and dairy products from your diet for a bit to give your gut six to 12 months to recover?
0: Um, Yeah, I think, you know, my iron is back to where it should be um, as well. So that's obviously really important, being a busy person. Yeah, so I did have an infusion for that, um, which, yeah, which I found really, really positive. And, yeah, I had good doctors who, you know, looked after that. Uh, But I'm still kind of struggling with a little bit of, kind of afternoon fatigue, um, which a lot of autoimmune um, sufferers, you know, experience um, when the body's going through changes in, you know, the, the immune system. Um, so, yeah, that's something I'm still coming to terms with, but hopefully over time as recovery, you know, happens, um, that will resolve.
1: What new fun things have you learned about gluten-free cooking?
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting that question. I, you know, when you cook gluten-free, you start to realise how differently um, food reacts to not having wheat or, you know, barley or rye or any of those agents in it. Um, I once made these cookies that turned out to look like, you know, pregnant pieces of poo. (laughs) Um, Because... (laughs) um understand (laughs) the effects that you know not having your normal flours would have on it and yeah it went a little bit strange um but I think I think the key thing with gluten-free cooking is to be patient um and to find recipes you know through trial and error that you like they're not always going to be good um but you know if you remain kind to yourself and patient um and get a good cookbook, um, you'll eventually figure out how it works. And, yeah, you can really make some delicious things. Um, It's possible to, you know, have just as amazing of a diet. Yeah, I think you can find a lot of, um, you know, snacks that are high in protein and everything you need without having gluten. So, and, you know, the supermarkets and the, you know, sort of resources that you can find at the moment um, compared to about 30 years ago, you know, being gluten-free is really amazing. Um, so yeah, I think the big companies out there, you know, um, health shops are all making it really easy, um, you know, and, um, being, yeah, really reliable for people who have celiac disease.
1: Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Now there are so many different, um, So many different qualifications and certifications that foods can apply for. You know, Celiac Australia endorses certain brands as, you know, celiac friendly and celiac safe. There's so much on the shelves. Um, I noticed a lot being vegan because lots of things that are made vegan just happen to be made gluten free. Um, for whatever reason, yeah. there's, there's no science behind that. It just seems that brands who want to exclude some things want to exclude others too, which makes sense for people who have multiple allergies. Um, yeah. But it seems like, you know, going gluten-free isn't going gonna, isn't gonna to change your life for the worst. It just opens your eyes to a few new things. Celiac Australia offers great support to Australians who have been diagnosed with this disorder. You can join the organisation to receive a complimentary resource pack with great gluten-free snacks and resources, as well as a quarterly magazine with the latest research and a membership card that can offer you discounts at certain places. There's a lot that's free on their website too if you want to learn more about managing the disease. This isn't sponsored, but Celiac Australia, if you want to send my sister some more snacks, then slide into my DMs on Facebook at In The Guts and I'll send you her address. Do you have any tips for anyone who's just been diagnosed with celiac disease? Yeah, I
0: think, again, the biggest thing is just to, um, it's going to sound a bit cliche, but um, recognise that, you know, being healthy and recovering from, you know, a destructive disorder or disease is um, it's a journey and, you know, there's a process to it and to be kind to yourself. That you know, some days are gonna be really shitty, you're not gonna feel great. Um, and you know, you might just need to, you know, cuddle up in bed and read a book or you know, get on Netflix when um, you know, your stomach or your bowel isn't isn't doing too well. But um yeah, you just need to remain remain hopeful that in the future you'll feel better and you'll find ways to really combat this disease so that you're in control of it and it is isn't control of you. I don't know. I think, you know, it's always a really positive thing to take charge of your health and to learn more about eating. Even if you're, you know, a loved one of someone who has celiac disease, it's, um, it means a lot to someone who has, um, you know, any sort of dietary requirement to be supportive, to make sure that if they come over, your kitchen is you know clean and it's friendly for them that means so much to people because they're going to spend you know a lot less time worrying about you know that night or that social event so yeah if you have any friends or family with it um really make sure that they feel included
1: if you think you might have a gluten sensitivity or possibly celiac disease it's important that you start by visiting your gp Your GP will be able to order a blood test to test if you have the serology that is representative of celiac disease. If that comes back elevated, or if you have other extreme symptoms that would indicate that celiac disease might be something to consider, your GP will be able to issue you with a referral to a gastroenterologist. The gastroenterologist will help you explore your symptoms and might send you for a gastroscopy or endoscopy, and will help you manage your symptoms regardless of what your diagnosis is. If you've enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe on your preferred podcast listening platform and head across to our social pipes, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to keep up to date with the latest news and research. Don't forget to leave us a review. That's all for today. Enjoy digesting this gut health research.